This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh, uh, yeah. Jeff Hotel, you know, it's Mike. You know, we just talked to Connell McShane. He had the daunting task of taking over after Charles McCord left. And um, I was after Mike Breen. And as good as I was, and I was really good on the I Miss show, I was. There was nobody like Mike. Mike Breen was the best sports guy that I Miss ever had. But over the years, Mike and I have developed this beautiful friendship because of Bernard, quite frankly. And um, when Bernie passed, Mike was a guy that actually called me. And I was happy with Mike because I know how close Bernard and Mike were. And uh, Mike has a story about his own wife. That'll tell you how close they actually were. Don't be fooled by the voice of the Knicks and Mr. NBA and Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy and a Hall of Famer and all those things that Mike Breen has now done, which are all momentous. The Mike Breen that I've loved over the years is the guy that was speaking after me in church yesterday at the funeral. And the guy that drove out to the grave site for that ceremony. And the guy that went out for dinner afterwards with Bernie's family. He's a dear friend and a wonderful guy. And uh, was a major part of the Irish in the morning program. And Bernie loved him to pieces, as I do. Here he is, the great Mike Breen. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Sid. I I think um, you should be uh, aware of an update from yesterday. Um, The Catholic Church is now looking into whether or not they need to perform an exorcism in the church that you spoke of yesterday for <laughs> Sid Rosenberg actually speaking at a Catholic church. Uh, very traumatic oh, thing. God. Oh, God. You know, thank God you came on after me and said that because I was a blubbering mess. I, I actually wasn't very happy with the job that I did. And you came up there and said that, and the whole church burst into laughter, and, and it was so important. You went on to say some really beautiful things, including... He was the richest man when he died, not because of material things. But when you said that, Mike, you broke up the whole church. And you've always had that ability to make people laugh. And Bernie loved that about you. Whether you were Mike Breen doing sports or a Bill from White Plains, it didn't matter. You just, you've got a brilliant sense of humor. Well, this, the only real proper way to, to pay tribute to, to Bernard, and everybody calls him Bernie. He's always been Bernard or B. Um, he became Bernie with, with with you with with your guys' incredible show. Um, Thank you. But you had to you had to pay tribute with him with humor because that's what that's what he would have wanted. But you know it didn't matter what what anybody really said yesterday um, because it was all love. Everything was said with love and the outpouring of love that that we've heard since since Bernie passed um, has been just it's it's overwhelming. And you know I made the point yesterday that. I don't think he really ever realized what a big deal, what a radio star he had become because of his humility. Um, but I think what we've seen over the past week is is certainly evidence of that. He was he was something special. And you know, Sid, when you think about it, in terms of his career, listen for for us, it's all about the man, and and he was one of those friends of a lifetime. 
But when you want to talk about his career, his his career that he built is one of the most remarkable careers in the history of radio. Here's the, he didn't go to school for broadcasting. This was not a plan for him. Um, just a short time before he even got his first job in, in radio, he was driving a cab in Yonkers. Hmm. But he had this, you know, he had this special gift to make people laugh. He had this brilliance and his charm. He just, he, he connected with people, with, with everybody. And to think that he went from this, from this great producer, then to a contributor on the air, then, then like one of the, the, the top comedy guys on radio, and then get to host his own show with you. Um, it, there's not that many careers that, that have gone that way. I mean, everybody has their story, but he, he's one of the most unique careers built uh, to that type of level of success that I think we've ever seen. And to your credit, and this is why we'll make a comparison between the two of you guys, um, because you are now at the very, very top of the game and have been for many, many years. You were inducted into the Hall of Fame last year. It doesn't get bigger than that, Mike. You're that great at what you do. But you're the same guy that I see in pictures from 25 years ago with that beautiful head of hair playing in a basketball game with, uh, you know, Jody Mack and, uh, and Bernie from WFAN. And, and that was him, too. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Some of this has gotten to my head over the years, obviously, and, and most people that would. But you and Bernie, Bernie, he just the same exact guy. Is that fair to say, Mike? The same exact guy uh, two weeks ago when he enjoyed this tremendous success and the guy you met 30 years ago. Yeah, he, he never he never changed. I mean, he was, you know, the phrase man of the people. I, I called him, uh, he was our everyman because he could get along with anyone. If You know, if you told him he had to spend a day with a, a 90-year-old woman, he would find a way to have fun and, and, and have a great day. Well, well he, he, he kind of did that. With a 9-year-old kid, yeah. he'd do the same thing. He just, he could just get along with everyone. And that's... That's one of the great things of working with him side by side all, all those years is that um, he had this great spirit every single day. Like he came in ready to go. He was ready to work because, you know, he had that old fashioned, that work ethic uh, of he was dedicated to his job and whatever show he worked on, uh, he was going to be at his best and he wanted the show to be at, a, at their best. And, you know, um, off that, you know, it's not just a love and admiration for him as a friend. It's just the ultimate respect for, for what he did as a professional as well. You work uh, these nicknames with Walt Clyde Frazier, and uh, Bernie did a very good Walt Clyde Frazier. He'd find these uh, two words, and he'd rhyme them, and he'd put them in, uh, you know, different uh, conversations. It could be a political conversation. It could be a sports conversation. And also one of his most famous bits was when he did the former St. John star, Philadelphia 76 or New Jersey net, Jason Williams. So when you're around these guys, these NBA stars, were they aware that Bernard McGurk were doing their voices? Oh, sure. Jason Williams, off of that, wound up becoming a friend of the show and would appear on the show. Um, and, and Clyde got a huge kick out of it. I mean, <laughs> one of the great ones was, um, you know, and, and as we know, things that, that you said back in the shows back in those days, you can't say today that, you know, the climate has certainly changed in terms of people's sensitivity. Um, but there was one time that Clyde talked about a ball going, a ball was deflected out of bounds, and I mentioned on the air that, that uh, <laughs> ball was deflected out of bounds, hit a woman in the face. And Clyde, just making a joke, said, yeah, well, she was probably running her mouth like all women instead of watching the game. And it was, it was funny, 
Um, but <laughs> the next morning, Bernard replayed it on Imus oh, over, oh, <laughs> over, over again, using Bernard's, you know, Bernard doing oh, the Clyde oh, imitation. Oh, boy. And uh, we wind up having to apologize <laughs> on the air for being insensitive to the woman. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that he did. And, and I heard Rob used a great word uh, earlier, Rob Bartlett, um, when he called him fearless. He said Bernard was fearless, and he was. And the ironic thing was is off the air, I mean, he was as kind as could be. Not that he was mean, but he was fearless, and he was able to perform. He had this great performer inside of him uh, when that microphone went on and was not afraid to, to take chances in terms of the comedy. And, you know, often it was irreverent. You know, sometimes it was over the line. Uh, but ah. it just it was always funny and yeah. and I, I think the other thing Sid, and I'm sorry for going on I could you know you and I could talk about him for hours um he was one of the most unique broadcasters from this standpoint now th- there are a lot of broadcasters who are brilliant and well read and their commentary on social aspects uh on political aspects are all good and Bernard was that uh, there are also many hilarious comedians in our field, who who make you laugh every time they open their mouth, and Bernard was that. But there are very few. In fact, try and think of how many are both, and that's what Bernard was. He was both. He was both this unbelievably funny, quick-witted uh, guy that had something funny to say almost on almost anything, but at the same time, he could give real interesting, biting, well-thought-out commentary on important issues in the country and in the city, and I think that's what set him apart from almost everybody else. Well, that is so well said and so true. It's important that folks know that Mike Breen was a dear friend. I mean, we've talked to a lot of folks today that knew Bernard, uh, Bernie very, very well. Some worked with Bernard for years. But you folks should know that Bernie and Mike Breen were literally best friends. So when Mike called me, the pain was in his voice from the very moment I picked up the phone. And there is a personal story here, Mike. Your beautiful wife, who I, we were with yesterday, me, Danielle, you, and Roe. Uh, that that happened because of uh, of of a, was it a chance thing with you and Bernard that whole that whole you and Roe marriage? Well, uh, it's fine. Bernard when he when I first started at WNBC, I wasn't on the air. I was a producer, and Bernard wasn't on the air. He was in the promotions department. So we became great pals. This is back in 1985, and the woman he worked for was a woman named Lori Gadis, um, who had a cousin that she kept trying to step me up with. I want to set you up with my cousin. I want to set you up with my cousin. <laughs> And I didn't want to do this blind date thing, so finally I agreed to it. And I'm I'm so nervous, and uh, I spoke to the girl, and she said, yeah, I'll meet you. We decided to meet at a bar, and she was going to bring a bunch of her friends, so I had to bring somebody. And who was I going to bring but Bernard? So oh my Bernard gosh, came with me great. When, when I went to, to meet this girl, who turned out to be my wife now of 33 years, Roseanne. Wow. And, and we all... The thing I laughed about yesterday was what she remembers most about the night was was not me, was the way Bernard was dressed. (laughs) Short shorts and these long white socks, and I suppose it was fashionable back in 1985. And he had sticking out of one of the socks, I mean, the largest comb I've ever seen. And this goes to show you how far back it was, is because, you know, everybody remembers Bernard as being bald, or as yeah. I must called him, the bald-headed stooge. Yeah. Uh, but he had this beautiful head of hair back there, yeah, and did. he carried the, oh. carried the sock in his, uh, carried the comb That in his is sock. funny. And, and by the way, that uh, fashionista in Bernard didn't change. I could tell you that just a couple of years ago, we were on the way to do Bill O'Reilly's show, and I'm dressed in a Joseph Abu jacket, Mike, and I'm all dialed up. 
Bernie's wearing, like, work boots, Timberlake work boots, a long pair of, like, cargo shorts, but he had a sport jacket on. And he just felt like if I'm wearing a sport jacket, then then I'm good to go. So right. he maintained he that. He didn't care. He <laughs> was, you know, he really, well, he wasn't interested in, in being a celebrity. What he was interested in was was making people laugh, um, making his important comments on the air, doing his job on his radio show, whatever show that was. And then going home to Carol and Brendan and Melanie. That's that's what he cared about it every day. And uh, he had uh, his, his, I guess, the ideal night for him would be hanging out in his backyard, barbecuing on the grill with his family. And yep. and that's yep. you know that's who he was. And and that's why we're thinking about Carol and, and Brendan and Melanie and Mel- Melanie reading that that letter she wrote to him when she was about seven years old was just it was so beautiful and touching yesterday. Precious. It really was. Um, it was, it was an amazing yeah. moment, and again, just part of all the love that that have been showering towards Bernard and his family the past week. Well, I'll reiterate what I said at the very top of the conversation. Um, if anybody had to deliver that uh, that heartbreaking news, I'm glad it was you. Uh, not only because I love you so much, because I know how much you and Bernard loved each other, and you have been a um, a really good friend to me the last week. We've had a, a million conversations, text, phone call together all day yesterday, the night before last. So you've been important because this hurts. I mean, I, I lost my dad two years ago, and I thought that was going to be about as bad as it got. And uh, this is right there. And you've been, uh, you've been a tremendous friend to me. And Bernie loved you, and I love you. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So the, the best of humanity comes, comes forward when, when we go through difficult times. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's hurting. There's, there's still so much pain with losing somebody so special. But, you know, again, because he was, the, he was this great connector, we all bonded together in the past week, mourned together, and, yep. and, and loved and laughed, and, and that's, that's what it's all about. Agreed. Now, next week, I can't wait to watch you do these Nick games because we're going to win the championship this year, right? Let's go Knicks. <laughs> Back to work next week, Sid. Well, okay, well, thank you for this week. You've been tremendous, and everybody loves you, and, and we'll talk again very, very soon. This was a great spot this morning, too. Thank you, Mike Breen. Thanks, thanks for doing this, and thanks to WABC for doing this. I've been listening since, since its first start of this morning. It's been, uh, for all of us, it's, it's wonderful to, to sit back here and laugh and remember and, and just go down memory lane. Uh, that's great. You've been listening the whole time. I appreciate that, Mike. I'm honored and humbled. Thank you so much, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. There he is, folks, the, the greatest basketball announcer. I never thought I'd say that. It was always Marv Albert, but Mike Breen has gone past him. The greatest basketball announcer in the history of the game and now a deserved Hall of Famer as the voice of the Knicks and, of course, the NBA, the NBA Finals, Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, and most importantly, a dear, dear friend of Bernard and a super guy, the great Mike Breen.